0: C.S.N. International presents To
1: Every Man and Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you.
2: If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276.
3: Again, that's 1-8888-ASK-CSN.
0: Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler.
3: Hi, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we get together every weekday afternoon at this time, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible. Look at current events through a biblical perspective and what we hear in church. And if you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, please call us. That's why we're here for you. Live radio, 8888 Ask CSN. We got some lines open. Joining me today, special guest, We have with us John Randall from Calvary Chapel, South O.C., down by
1: San Clemente. Hi and welcome. Mike, great to be here with you on this Tuesday. Sure missed you guys last week, but great to be back in the studio and uh, excited for today's program with our CSN family. And uh, thanks so much for having us on today.
3: Always a blessing to be with you. Looking forward to answering some questions and uh, all the crazy stuff going on in the world. Man, I'll tell you, we have our hands full. And Jesus said, when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws. Now, I do believe that. And I do believe when we look at the global condition, General Russia threatened the United States, saying if you put the missiles back in England that you took out in 2007, uh, we'll nuke you. So uh this is really crazy what we find going on. Of course, North Korea threatening to nuke South Korea. China wanting to take Taiwan. Of course, Russia wanting to take um, Ukraine. You We have um, the Palestinians trying to destroy Israel. Uh, you hear all this Israel ceasefire. You hear it over and over. Not one call to Hamas to surrender. Isn't that amazing? And they're the ones that started the war. Why don't you hear the United Nations clamoring for Hamas to surrender? But no, you don't hear that. You don't hear it from anybody. And then you hear about the occupied territories in Israel. No, they're not occupied. They're Israel land. You see, when the Arabs in 1967 took on Israel, I think there was seven Arab nations to just Israel, and Israel whooped them all. Well, the consequences of starting a war and losing, you lose ground. And that's exactly what happened. And so Israel claimed the West Bank, the Golan Heights, and the Sinai Peninsula, and as a goodwill gesture, gave it back to Egypt. But see, unfortunately, our American news media, uh, our politics, will not recognize Israel's land. And these are the problems that I believe are going to lead to many more difficulties down the road. And remember, the Jewish people are an actual race of people. The Palestinians are not. Palestinians are anyone who lived in the area. When Israel became a nation in the area of Palestine, there was American Palestinians, Chinese Palestinians, Jewish Palestinians, Arab Palestinians. So no one really gave the right to the Palestinian uh, coalition to say they're the only ones. And this is one of the great problems that, again, our American news media cleverly leaves out. And so um we're up against some pretty exciting times, uh John, and and um so let's go ahead and go to the phones. What do you say?
1: Let's do it. Let's
3: go to Norman. Sam in Idaho. hi, welcome. Hello. Hi, how may we? Help? Can you hear me? Okay, yes, we yes, the can. question is
4: on uh uh First Peter chapter two, uh verses eleven through twenty four, I believe, where it tells us that we have to do what the, those that are put over us, the king, the emperor, as far as what they tell us to do. Uh, at yeah. what point do we not follow uh, what, what they do when even they don't even follow their own guidelines as far as with the U.S. Constitution?
3: Well, that's what you have to determine. You see, I'm loyal to the government. I'm loyal to the Constitution. I'm loyal to the Bill of Rights. And when I see any group, any person that is in violation of those things, that would put me in opposition with them, just as uh, Governor Abbott in Texas right now is doing to the Biden administration. The Biden administration is out to overthrow America. And again, friends, when you realize that in just the year 2022, Twenty twenty two, Joe Biden and his team let more illegal aliens into this country than live in all of the state of Idaho and Wyoming combined in just one year. Now if you go back the three and a half years he's been in in uh for three years he's been in In uh, as the president, the number is like four point something million. Now you start adding in all the population of North Dakota, all the population of South Dakota, and you start realizing that we are being overthrown. Now, Governor Abbott said that this is an invasion. He is absolutely 100% correct. And Joe Biden and team saying, oh, no, it's illegal immigration. To what point When all these people, 80% of them, coming across the border are between 18 and 30-year-old males that can mount a pretty substantial army, you don't have to parachute them in anymore. No, they just can walk across the border. We're being overthrown. They're doing away with Americanism, and they're doing away with your nation. And we have to be aware of what's really going on. I don't really believe Joe Biden is completely in control of anything right now. I watched him trying to get off the stage. I've watched his speeches. There's very few speeches that Joe Biden makes that there's not ball faced lies, whether he's been a professor at a university for four years, which never happened, to the diseases he's never had, to the places he's never been. We see somebody that just can't tell the truth. And then when we look at their personal lives— the Biden crime family and we realize what's really been going on friends we are being overthrown now what kind of a soft wallet do they have in providing hey well when we take over uh we'll provide you a nice place to live somewhere i don't know what the deal is but i do know that our american news media is 100% corrupt you know it's interesting they found the biden top-secret documents in his garage, and they knew this was going to be a national story. So what did they do? They launched a raid on Donald Trump's house at Mar-a-Largo to muddy up the waters. They knew the story was going to come out about Joe Biden, so they had to quickly make up something to offset it. And this is what they're doing on everything. It's interesting when you hear about uh, Donald Trump's um, uh, dealings with Russia, and there was these undertable dealings. Well, who did that? Hillary Clinton did that, and she was the one that had an underground deal with the Russians over uranium. These are all facts. And so the American news media follows the uh, mandate of this one world order, and they muddy it all up for everybody. See, in other words, you want to accuse somebody of what you're doing before they accuse you. That's what they did with the mar lago raid. This is what Hillary Clinton did with the Russian dossier. All of this is all to mislead America and say, look over here. Look over here when the real crime is in their backyard. And this is the way they're doing it. So, yeah, I have a hard time respecting anybody that behaves like this. And so did Jesus. When he referred to Herod as that old fox. Now, referring to somebody as a fox back in those days meant you were sly, you were sneaky, and you were a thief. Because the Bible says it's the little foxes that destroy the vineyard. And so when Jesus called Herod a fox, I'll tell you something, that wasn't, that wasn't good. Now, is that mean that anybody's beyond their prayers? No. I believe we need to pray for our president i believe we need to pray for everyone because prayerfully somebody somewhere will say hey what we're doing is really wicked and what we're doing is really ending a, the greatest country that the world is, has known since israel um maybe we ought to tell people the truth it doesn't fit their it doesn't fit their their pattern but i do believe that again friends we have some real issues no i'm loyal to our laws i'm loyal i i uh, you know, knock on wood, but I, I haven't, I haven't even had a traffic ticket. Now, the reason I say that is because I'm not a law but what I do see is people who are in control breaking the laws hourly. Um, and with no consequence, they go around and re- arrest anybody that's a threat to them. It's interesting. Nevada is having a, an, a, their primary. Donald Trump is not on the ballot. But I want to remind everybody of this. Donald Trump has never been convicted of anything. And so really, I think Nevada needs to be sued into the stratosphere by Donald Trump for this kind of behavior. Because you're innocent till proven guilty. Oh, wow, that's in the Constitution. That's in the Bill of Rights. But not for these people. You see, they're looking through the view there's only one party, and it's our party. There's freedom of speech as long as you say what we want you to say. And if not, we'll block you off Facebook. We'll do whatever we want to do. But we're not going to let the other voice get out there. Friends, we need to understand America is being overthrown by the minute. And you do not bring tens of millions of illegal people into your country without serious consequences now and down the road. And then you look at the national debt. I listened to the head of the Internal Revenue Service speak, and he said, we are on an unsustainable uh, debt. We, We cannot continue it. And I forget what year. It wasn't very far away. He said we'll be at about $140 trillion in debt. And, of course, that will be the end of the United States. And so when you realize every person that comes across the border illegally gets free money, Oh, and that's going to stimulate the economy. And look at the gross national product. Look how good it's doing. All from phony baloney money. You begin to realize we are all being duped. And this is a serious thing because Jesus said this would be what it would be like. They have to bring America down for their one world order to succeed. And I believe, again, when you see this kind of wholesale people breaking into your country, We don't know who they are. They have now records of of absolute terrorists coming into our country. And then the government loses the paperwork on all the terrorists. Oh, my gosh. What do you think is going to happen when you import tens of millions of illegal people that could be sinister, and I believe they are, in what they're doing? No, I think we need to work for the night is coming. We need to be about our father's business. We need to recognize the days we're in, realize the night is coming when no one can work, and we need to be about our father's business. What has God called you to do? And we need to spend time on our knees and say, Lord, what will thou have me to do while well, I can still do it? Your thoughts, John?
1: Well, you know, that, that passage of Scripture, 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter is exhorting the believers as to how they are to live in light of the governmental structure that was over them. You have to remember also that they were living during a very oppressive time when Rome was in occupation. But Peter was saying to these believers, hey, listen, beloved, he calls them beloved. I love that. He said, I'm begging you as, and the words that he uses there for these believers is you are sojourners and pilgrims, which is really important to keep in mind. A sojourner and a pilgrim means you're just passing through this earth Is not your ultimate home. Our ultimate home is in heaven. We are ambassadors for Christ at the present moment. So, how am I to live as a Christian in a country where they don't necessarily obey uh, God's law and they lie and they cheat, as Mike has pointed out? I, I think we seek to be law abiding citizens. We ought to be the best citizens that there are, but there are also boundaries. And by that, I mean if they violate God's word. They ask me to violate God's word. That's where I stand against that. And we do have things in power whereby we um, may vote. And I think it's important for us to exercise that liberty. We have ways. In fact, I have friends out here in California that are right now um, seeking to put forth a ballot initiative where we have to get some million signatures in order that we might have some things that we're concerned about being placed on the ballot because they will not hear it uh, in, uh, in up in Sacramento. They won't even listen to it. So we have to do a ballot initiative, and I think we're going to reach that by April. So th- there's different ways that you can do that. You do the best that you can. But the thing that really stood out to me, Norman, at the very end of that passage that you pointed out in verse 17, um, Peter says, honor all people, love the brotherhood. But then he says, fear God and honor the king. First, fear God. And that's what takes precedent when it comes Amen. to, I fear God first and foremost. I'll honor the king second, but I honor the people that are in position and power over me. But, but ultimately the Lord is over me and I'm going to listen to him before I, especially if I'm asked to do something that goes against God's word. Hope that helps.
3: Amen. Hope that helps. Yes. Thank you very much. Norman, stay online. Send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. The new one we have, Atheist Delusion by Ray Comfort. Great to watch. Great to share with your friends as well as God of Wonders. The movie Jesus and a little book called Time to Grow. All yours for calling in and uh, blessings to you. If you got any more questions, call us back. Let's go to Jr. Buffalo, Wyoming. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi, how may we help?
4: Yeah, I have a question about Romans chapter nine, verse eighteen. Okay. Um, I wanted to know your take on it.
3: Is there a particular question you have about
4: it? I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that it says that God hardens whom He desires, and He has
3: mercy on who He desires. Well, again, you know, I I believe it's the way we react to things. The Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. But how did he harden Pharaoh's heart? Well, we have to go to the Bible. We can't make stuff up. And this is the error that many people come into. The more miracles that God did through Moses and Aaron for Pharaoh, the harder his heart got. Now, God provided the miracle. Pharaoh's reaction to it was that. Now, is God able to do miracles to harden a person's heart or to cause them to come to a decisive decision in their life. Yes, the more miracles Jesus did, the harder the Pharisees heart got. Until finally, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, they said, now we not only have to kill Jesus, but we must kill Lazarus also. Why is that? A living example of the power of God. Now, another time we think, well, you know, if Uncle Fred or Aunt Emma just could see a miracle of God, they would believe in Christ. Well, sometimes they do. But many times the reaction is opposite to that. So I believe when we read in the Bible about God hardening people's hearts, it's the way we react to what God is doing. There's an old saying, the same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. And we have to understand that that is the decision that those individuals make. And just because, again, God knows who will accept him and who will reject him, doesn't stop anyone today from living their life. And just because God knows the ultimate outcome, does not stop anyone from living their life and making their decisions today. Your thoughts, John?
1: Well, I appreciate the question, J.R., and it is difficult if you just read that verse out of its context and think, well, what does this mean? I think it's important always when you come to difficult passages to read the verses before and to read the verses after. In that specific passage, we have there Paul talking about the example of Pharaoh. And as the story goes, if you've read through the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, and how God delivered the nation of Israel, he began to send a series of plagues to loosen the grip of Pharaoh in order that the people could go free. Um, And instead of repenting and letting the people go, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And it's worth noting that there are three words in Exodus used in the Hebrew language to describe the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. For example, in Exodus chapter 7, it means to make insensible or to make hard. In Exodus chapter 10 verse 1, it means to make heavy, that is unimpressionable. Later on, it means the word is used to meet to make stiff or to solidify to be immovable. So you have insensible, unimpressionable, and lastly, immovable. But this hardening process that happened with Pharaoh is referred to at least 15 times in Exodus chapter 7 through 14. Sometimes we're told that Pharaoh hardened his heart Other times, we're told that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and so we're able to see clearly that there is actually a progression within Pharaoh's life. God gave him a chance to let the people go, and he became insensible. He would not do that. Later on, Pharaoh becomes unimpressionable. Pharaoh did that. Finally, when he becomes immovable and says, I will not do it, God solidified his decision. Um, Pharaoh made that decision. He exercised his free will and God honored the free will of Pharaoh and his heart was hardened. He has the ability to show mercy to whom he shows mercy and the person that hardens their heart. God has the, the, the ability to say, okay, if you want your heart to be hardened, it's hardened. And that was the case with Pharaoh. And and you see this whole thing unfold. Sometimes we just think, well, God hardened Pharaoh's heart simply to create him to uh, keep hell burning. That's not the case. There were several times when God gave him an opportunity, and yet each time he rejected. And eventually, there came a point where he hardened his heart. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Because what happens is you start out insensible, you become unimpressionable, and, Mike, eventually you end in tragedy being immovable. And such was the case with Pharaoh. Yeah. The more miracles that were done, the harder his heart got. And so when
3: the Bible says God hardened his heart, how did he do that? By showing him miracles. Now, he could have said, wow, there is a God and I'm not him. But you see, in the Egyptian understanding, the Pharaoh was God and was worshipped as such. And so therefore, he wasn't going to humble himself. And so his nation paid the supreme sacrifice. And by the way, as you study history, Egypt never, ever regained world dominance after the issue with Pharaoh, the children of Israel. They were still a a land. They were still people. They had some power, but they never, ever became a world power ever again. Their choice, his choice, wrong choice. Hope that helps, JR. Yes, it did. Thank you very much. God bless you. Stay online. We'll send you out the books, DVDs. I think they're really good. And I always use them to give out to people and get them back and give them out again. So uh, we'll get those out to you. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Rex, North Las Vegas. Hi, welcome.
0: Good afternoon, pastors. How may we help? Yes. Uh, last week I was at this program that I graduated 12 years ago, and they have a weekly meeting. They had an author there. George J. Chanos, And I started getting really bad feelings on that when he started mentioning in five years, everyone will have an implant on their brain for artificial Mm -hmm. intelligence. And not too long after that, he said then everyone will be connected to the all-powerful, all-knowing machine in the sky. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on the AI, and if you have any materials you can send me that I can put something together for my fellow chap uh, chaplains to be able to uh, get a message out to them because it looks like the AI is going to be hitting hard and fast here shortly. And- well, yeah, we, we
3: realize that, in that, fact, Elon Musk, and everybody knows who he is, Techno geek of the, of the uh, 21st century. He said he fears AI more than any other thing. And I think that's a, a true statement because when you realize in China right now, communist China, cameras are everywhere monitoring every single thing you do. And it's interesting that New York has picked up the same genre. They have cameras on every one of their intersections. Uh, they have uh, uh, speeding uh, traps where uh, as you're driving by, it automatically will ticket you based off your license plate and uh, all this kind of stuff. Uh, the government is controlling people. We're not a land of the free anymore. We're being the land of the controlled. AI is just, I believe, another handle on all of our society that they will use to control the masses. And again, when you understand that our freedom, the way our nation was made, freedom is a wonderful thing based upon, um, self, self governance and based upon our, our, our founding fathers, our, our, our biblical heritage. But when you take the Bible out, Moral conscience goes away. That's why you see the degradation of the movies in Hollywood and all the stuff going on in our society, the lyrics and the songs and the music that your kids are listening to, all degradation, all, all of it. Well, then something has to come in to govern the people, no longer governed by moral conscience through God's Word, but now governed by an iron-fisted state. And that is what America's going to get. Remember, everyone, you get the government. You deserve. It's always been that way in history. And when you see the complete abuse of freedom that we have here in America, it won't be long before they'll step in. Now remember, the Communist Party, when they take over Guatemala, Venezuela, wherever they go, they promise the world, we'll pay off all your student loans. We'll give you free medical health care. Free, free, free. Vote for me. It's all free. And soon as they get into office... They become tyrants. Remember, any government that promises you everything you want will take everything you have. It has never failed in history. Now, remember, our current government is too far in debt. They have to be on the take. This is what's going on in the Ukraine right now. Russia's in debt. Communism doesn't work. Margaret Thatcher said, communism works until you run out of everybody else's money. That's exactly what's happening with China, looking at Taiwan, Russia, looking at the Ukraine. This is the way it works. Well, of course, the United States is now targeting who? You, America! Joe Biden hired over 70,000 armed IRS agents to come after you! Wake up and smell the coffee, everybody. This is the problem. And so they know what your political bend is because you registered to vote. And so they can then target you. And this is what they do. And again, when we look at all of this that goes on, we realize that I believe this is why, again, I tell people, do what you can do for the kingdom of God, because I do believe things are about to change, and they're not going to change of a beautiful utopian dawning of the age of Aquarius, but we're going to enter the darkest time in man's history in the not-too-distant future. When we come back on the other side of the break, John, I want your take on this. Again, Rex, stay on the line and everybody else, and again, we'll be back for more right after the break. We'll be right back.
2: Metashare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. Metashare works too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE.
1: After taking the morning after pill, this mom immediately felt sick and nauseous as she tried to end her pregnancy. While searching for medical care, she found a pre-born network clinic where she hoped to rule out that she was pregnant. I had an ultrasound done right then and there. After hearing the baby's heartbeat, I instantly thanked God and said, may your will be done. I'm seven months pregnant now. I thank God every day for my little miracle. Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country, introducing moms to the life growing inside of them and sharing the gospel in action. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she will choose life 80% of the time. And Preborn doesn't stop there. They offer mothers maternity clothes, doctor visits, and the help they need to choose life to learn how you can help rescue a baby's life go to preborn.com that's preborn.com or call 855-668-BABY that's 855-668-BABY all gifts are tax deductible
3: Welcome back to part two of Terry Man Answer here on this Tuesday afternoon, and I'd like to remind you, if you're in the uh, Hawaii area, I'll be speaking at Sure Foundation Church located in Kiao, Hawaii, uh, just south of Hilo on Highway 130 on your way to Pahoa on the right-hand side as you're going towards Pahoa, and we're going to be cracking into the book of Revelation, and so if you want to know what's coming in the future— uh, I want to invite you especially to come. That's this Thursday night, next Thursday night, the Thursday night after that. We're going to be diving into what the Word of God says about the days that we live in. And yeah, we're going to have a time for questions as well. So bring yourself, your friends, and your questions. We're going to do our very best to answer that. That's at Sure Foundation, Kealawai, just south of Hilo, at the Church Sure Foundation from 6 to 7 o'clock starting the 8th Thursday day after tomorrow. So we look forward to seeing you and uh, pray that you're able to attend. With me today we have with us John and uh Randall and from South Orange County and we had Rex on the line when we went to the break. So, you know, John, when we talk about this artificial intelligence thing, it is interesting. The Bible talks about some beast that power is given to it so
1: it can speak. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'd say it's AI is very interesting. And I think, like anything, um, things can be used for good, but there are also those that find ways to use it for bad. There are two major subdivisions of artificial intelligence. They are specific and also general forms. Specific AI technologies are systems that mimic humans engaging in a particular task whereas general artificial intelligence attempts to mimic humans in thought language and action and um but some of the concerns that people have here's just a couple of them the the potential of what could go wrong with it and i'm sure it's just a matter of time you've got automation spurred job loss you've got deep fakes you've got privacy violations you've got algorithmic bias caused by bad data you've got socioeconomic inequality, market volatility, weapons of automation, uncontrollable self-aware artificial intelligence. I mean, all these things that it's, it does what it's fed. It's, it's fascinating. Mike, there are apps out now like chat GPT that you could type in anything. And I mean, anything, a question about anything that comes to your mind. And in a split second, I'd say not a split second, probably three seconds is more accurate. Three seconds, you could have eight reasons and eight things that describe exactly what you just put in. I mean, at the click of a button, these things are, it's unbelievable, the information that is now accessible. Back in the day, You'd have to go to the library. You'd have to go through the Dewey Decimal. You'd have to get an encyclopedia. You'd have to look that up and then cross-reference that with some book. We This is at a click of a button. So there's some positive things, but there's also some things that I think are going to be insidious. I I, I wouldn't doubt that um, the Antichrist would use the uh, equipment of artificial intelligence to create things that aren't real. I mean with so much inform- misinformation out there, AI has the ability – to do that as well. So it's it's something rather astonishing and I think again there's things that are positive but there's a lot more that I think people will seek to harness the power of artificial intelligence to do damage, especially those that have the intent of of destroying everything that's good and holy and uh sacred in this world. Uh, there's people that will gravitate toward this and learn to use it for their own vices, which is is very dangerous. And so we need to be discerning, Mike.
0: Amen. Hope that helps Rex. Well, one of the one of the things, the main thing I was c- considering was the implant on the brain, mm-hmm. and I have not read anything about where they access the brain at, whether it be through the forehead, thus leaving a scar, plus, thus being a mark. And it also two days later, there was something I read about parents will be able to control their kids through that implant on their brain, on what their thoughts are and everything.
3: Well, you know, Rex, there's a lot of stuff out there, and I don't know to what level they can do this. Now, my understanding is they actually have somebody that they've already implanted something. All I know as a Christian, I would never, ever, under any conditions, allow them to do that to myself or anybody that I love. Because, again, that puts them in control of you, not you. And here's the great problem with that is that, as you said, John, it can be used for good or evil. And these are the problems that we find, uh, in, in our, our world today. This is one of the reasons why I believe, as Jesus said, perplexity among nations. That means problems with no way out, whether it's nuclear, pollution, whatever it is, or AI now. Uh, I believe this is another reason why look up. Your Redemption Draws Nigh. Rex, I hope that helps. Uh,
0: I appreciate it. I appreciate CSN, who I've been listening to for 25 years, and I thank you for your answers. God bless
3: you. Rex, we'll keep praying, won't we? And stay on the line. I'll send you out Atheist, Delusion, as well as the other DVDs and book, and I think you'll enjoy that. Stay on the line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Bruce, Columbia, South Carolina. Hi, welcome. Hey, Pastor. It's
4: been a long, while since I've called in, but let him do it again. I, my question is this uh, Sadly, I'm a divorced father, two girls, uh, school age. Um, they're with me about half the time, with the mom half the time. Um, we do take them to church. Um, they go with their mom to, well, she's visiting around, but I think she's settled on the church. And when they're with me, we go to a different church. Because while I would prefer to take them to the same church, that would be pretty awkward, uh, you know. And I've i i I've been, I've kind of visited around some. We were going somewhere where I was, and they were both very happy to go. But for reasons I don't really want to get into over the radio, uh, we... Needed, we had to make a change. Yeah, it was very sad for them and for me, but it was necessary. And we uh, found something—a uh, church that they—they they have classes for the, both of them, and they, so far, they—they—they liked them. They seem to enjoy them. They, uh, one of my daughters goes to school with uh, some of the, one of the children in the in her class, and. That was how we learned about this church I have visited with the kids and without a couple of times i just I haven't found it i, wouldn't, I haven't heard anything on like biblical, but i just haven't i don't know I just haven't felt fed spiritually fed as i
3: well bruce that's really an important part of going to church is that not only. Are we fed? But also, we, we feel that we can mesh with the other brothers and sisters in the church. Now, again, the word of God got to be taught with power. Uh, we, you know, I just don't want to hear somebody up in front just rattling off a bunch of little known facts about the Bible. But really, how does that connect to our lives and our hearts? And, and, and how, you know, the old saying, new, you know, news I can use, you know, I mean, information that's applicable to, to me and help me have a better understanding of who God is. Your thoughts, John?
1: Well, I think when it comes to, uh, first of all, Bruce, I just want to commend you um, and your ex-wife for taking your kids to church. As difficult as it is to go through what you've gone through, I'm praising God that uh, you both have committed to raising your girls in the ways of the Lord, because in situations like you're in, that is not always the case. And sometimes one family will not take the child to church, and the other family will. And but I'm thankful that you both are committed to that, and we'll. Um, I praise God for that. Concerning finding a church, you know, I always encourage people, you know, when you look for a church, um, look for one, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 40, there's a great model there. It says they kept themselves in the apostles' doctrine, in prayer, in fellowship, in breaking of bread. There's certain things that you, you want to find within a church. And one is the emphasis on the teaching of the Word of God. I mean, God holds His Word above His name. If you go to a church and people don't open the Bible or the pastor doesn't teach from the Bible consistently, it's really hard to grow. It's, I say it's virtually impossible. You, you need somewhere where they're going to be solid in the scriptures you're going to see the fruit of the spirit in the lives of the people, and um, and sometimes you have to go to a few different places to find some place that just it seems like home. And I I understand that there are different churches that God has to minister to different types of people, and praise God for that. And and Bruce, it's my prayer that you'll you know you'll land in a spot there in South Carolina that just this just feels like home. You know, this is just this is the right spot, and and the Lord will give you peace, and you'll just as you as you search it out, and but that's what I look for. What what do they what do they what do they stand on the Word of God? What's the emphasis here? You know, how does that, and if that, because I think everything in a church flows out of that, what happens in that sanctuary behind that pulpit. Are they teaching the word of God? Pastors aren't there to entertain people. We're there to teach the word. So, um, that, that's what I encourage people to look for if, if when they're looking for a fellowship.
3: So I hope that helps, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, 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 that,
4: that does, that does help a lot. I appreciate that. Um, I think we may need to continue to look here. I can um, just keep looking. There's another one that I'm, I've thought about it. I don't know, you know. But I, that, yeah, I can I can continue to do that. I, I think we we may visit this one maybe once more and um, you know maybe pay a little closer attention to what what you pastor just said there, and if it just doesn't seem seem right, you
3: know. Yeah, well, what I'll do is I'll send you a little book called Time to Grow. And in that book, it's the basis for really our faith in Christ being born again. And, you know, you could actually take that little book to a pastor of a church and say, what part of this do you agree with? What part don't you agree with? And that'll pretty much give you a pretty good idea of how biblically solid they are because it's it's pretty straightforward right out of the word of god in context it's not really any wiggle room there and so yeah, that would really help you it'll give you in other words notes to find a good church bruce the online and i'll get those out to you as well as atheist delusion with ray comfort the movie jesus great for your kids and and that little book called time to grow so you stay on line we'll get that to you bruce God bless you. And again, our prayers are with you because anytime there's turmoil in a family, especially when children are involved, it's a very trying time. And I believe Jesus' mercy and love extends into those very hard situations to keep us where he wants us to be. Stay in line. Bruce will get you taken care of. Let's go to Tom in Oregon. Hi, welcome. Hi, Tom.
2: How you doing, Mike? Thank you for having me. Can we help? I, I got a quick question. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, I got a lot of static on my end. I had some when I called in. Anyways, I'll try to make it quick. I know
4: um, I've heard a few preachers on CSN say that uh, in the Bible it says Israel will be blind for a time, and then in the end they'll come to see. And I'm trying to figure out where that is. I thought maybe Revelations.
3: Okay, John, your thoughts.
1: Uh, Romans chapter 11 and verse 25, you know, Paul is talking about, you know, Romans chapter 9, he talks about God's past dealing with Israel. Romans chapter 10, he talks about God's present dealing with Israel. And in Romans chapter 11, he talks about God's future plan for Israel. And let me just say, first of all, uh Tom, and, and to all of our listeners, God is not done with Israel. And there are no. those who are in pulpits today that are preaching and saying there is something called replacement theology, and um it is inaccurate and un- unbiblical. That is, they say that somehow the church has replaced Israel and God is done with them. Well, that's not true because God said he made an everlasting covenant with this nation of people. So when you come to uh Romans chapter 11, verse 25, the passage you're asking about, Paul says, uh, for I, brethren, would not have you be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So yes, blindness in part, that is the passage you were asking about. But there is coming a day When the nation of Israel is going to turn back, not all of them, but many of them are going to turn back to their Messiah. When is that going to be? I believe that it's during the last seven years of their history as it relates to the tribulation period. One of the reasons for the tribulation period, first of all, is to judge a Christ-rejecting world. We know that from Scripture. The Bible makes it clear. But one of the other reasons for the tribulation period is to draw Israel back to her Messiah, and you can see this as you read through the book of Revelation. You find that there comes a point where there are 144,000 Jewish witnesses who are sealed and marked by God preaching the gospel. There's a, there's an angel of the Lord going back and forth declaring the everlasting gospel. There is, uh, two witnesses that are witnessing to them. And so people are going to get saved during the tribulation period, when the Antichrist turns all of his attention, breaks the covenant with the nation of Israel, three and a half years into the seven years, um, what's going to happen is God's going to come to their aid. He's going to deliver them. And there are many passages, both Old Testament and New Testament, that refer to this, that God still has a plan for them. But that was Romans 11.25, the scripture that you're asking about.
3: And it's all the way through the Bible. I mean, I mean Jesus, uh, on his triumphant entry in the city of Jerusalem, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you. And, 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 and he, he talked about it's hidden from your eyes. That's blindness. Mm-hmm. And what causes that blindness? I believe it's spiritual pride. And they would continually recite their blindness to Jesus. Our father Abraham taught us or Moses said never what we personally believe about God. It was always what Moses said or Elijah said or what, what, uh, Abraham said. And spiritual blindness is, is what, uh, stops so many people. Well, I've arrived. I inherited my, my religiosity, my, my right to heaven. Uh, I'm God's chosen people. I don't have to do anything. I inherited it. And this is the blindness that I believe has come upon them. Pride is what blinds everyone to reality, whether it's Satan and his ultimate demise in the very end, whether it was that uh, pride entered Satan's heart. I will be his God. That'd be like a Ford Pinto saying, "I'm going to become the Ford Motor Company." No, the Ford Co- Motor Company made you. Uh, what do you think you're going to do? And so we find this all the way through the Bible. Pride blinds a person to their death and to not do anything about it because I'm never going to die. I'm immortal. I'm gonna do this tomorrow and I'm gonna build bigger barns and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that We don't know when God's gonna require our soul from us so I hope that helps Tom and and um, again, I believe that again it's all the way through the Bible but eventually um their their eyes will be open and they will look upon him as an only as an only son and they'll mourn. Uh, for what they did. And the Bible does tell us that that will come at the end of the tribulation period. And so hope that helps.
4: That really, really helps. I so appreciate it, John and Mike. And I have actually purposed in my heart in the last year to actually pray for the the peace of Jerusalem and and bless Israel. And and it's really helped my walk with the Lord. It really has, because yeah. it's a commandment.
3: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's what we are supposed to do. So we need to do that. Tom, stay online. I'll send you the books, DVDs. I think you'll enjoy them. Share them with your friends. If you need us, we're here for you. Let's go to Charmé, White Plains, New York. Hi, welcome. Yes, hi. How are you today? Good. How may we help?
4: Um, I, the question I have is, Luke was not a disciple. So how— right he get to write
3: one of the gospels? I think that's a great question. Okay. Your thoughts, John?
1: Well, it's a great question that you ask. And, uh, you know, little is known about Luke, um, but we do know that he not only wrote the gospel of Luke, but he also wrote the book of Acts in the Bible. And we also come to find out um, that he was a physician, and it seems to be the only Gentile um, that was to write part of the of the New Testament. Paul's letters to the Colossians actually draws a distinction between Luke and the other colleagues, he calls them of the circumcision, meaning the Jews. So he makes a comparison between those who were Jews and also to Luke. Luke, when he writes his gospel, he writes his gospel and uh, the book of Acts to an individual, we think it's an individual, named Theophilus. The name means lover of God. And somehow he ends up, having this opportunity to write this gospel. And he presents, what's amazing to me is the fact that Luke was a physician. When you look at the gospels collectively, each of them emphasizes a particular characteristic of Jesus. For example, Matthew highlights the fact that Jesus is the king. And so you see many references to Old Testament pointing to Jesus as the Messiah, as the king of Israel. He's writing with the Jew in mind. Then you come to Mark's gospel, and Mark seems to be, many believe, writing from Peter's account presenting Jesus as the servant, writing with the Romans in mind. So immediately things are happening. Sixteen chapters, the word immediately, immediately, immediately. You come to John's gospel, he's writing about the deity of Jesus. It's a universal gospel to all the world, that Jesus is God. But then you come to Luke's gospel, and it is unique because Luke is writing, and he presents, and his favorite title for Jesus is Son of Man. And he presents the humanity of Jesus. He shows us this side of Jesus that the other gospel writers don't emphasize as much. And so we're given this this understanding. And Luke is such a careful, like a physician, with so many details. It would appear that he went and he interviewed people individually and got all of this information. And obviously he spent time with Paul. He was a fellow laborer with Paul, uh, the Bible tells us. Tells us that Philemon Philemon chapter 1, verse 24, um, Acts chapter 16. He's he's on the missionary journey with Paul. So in some way, he was around all of these people and given this opportunity to, to write this gospel. And what's amazing is scholars have noted that Luke had an outstanding command of the Greek language, and his vocabulary is extensive, it's rich, and it, it it's it's like a classical Greek. And and he's given us this this side of the gospel, and it's pretty—I'm so glad that there's the gospel of Luke because of all that he includes that some of the other gospels maybe didn't include, and it, we're given a better composite of the life and ministry of, of Jesus. I hope that helps, Charmaine.
4: It does help because um, reading it, I I get more from Luke than I've gotten from the other three. And so that is a great explanation. Thank you. I really appreciate it.
3: God is good, dear. Stay on line. We'll send you out uh, the books, DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. Use them to share with your friends. If you need more, Charmaine, just let us know. Let's go to Scott, Orfino, Idaho. Hi, and welcome.
4: Hello, Pastor Mike. Pleasure to speak with you today. I have a question in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. It says, in order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church... To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, and who are those rulers and authorities? I know in six twelve it says the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So, uh, well, well we, we do
3: know. Well, we do know that there is Michael the archangel. There's Gabriel. There's the host of heaven, uh, and I believe there they have their delegations that they do. And certainly, we remember when Jesus uh was being tempted by Satan. Satan quotes out of the book of Psalms. He says, cast yourself down from here, from the pinnacle of the temple. For the scripture is written that the angels will bear the up, yep, lest you dash your foot against the stone. So we know that there's guardian angels, there's messenger angels, there's warrior angels. We know that there are these different positions in which God allows them to intervene in our world. And we remember even, um, even, uh, speaking with Daniel, uh, concerning the prince of Persia. He said that he was wrestling with the king of Persia. Now, he wasn't duking it out. This angel wasn't duking it out, but I believe it was the spirit behind the king of Persia, as I believe there are spirits behind Many of the wicked people that we see going on in this world right now, the the craftiness, the, the precision of their lying is so incredible. So I, I've got to say that there are supernatural things going on beyond what we see. And I do believe in those principalities and those dominions here on this earth, in the unseen realm, as well as in heaven. Your thoughts?
1: Well, what's amazing to me about that particular passage, Scott, is that here Paul is in the context. He's amazed at the grace of God that was given to him, that he would he calls it the the preaching among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then he talks about the fellowship of the mystery, which, which was something when it speaks of mystery, it means something that God had to reveal. It was always in place, but we didn't understand it until God revealed the rest of the details. And he said this mystery was hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. And then he says to the intent that now, now presently what Paul's preaching, the the unsearchable riches is now the manifold wisdom. And it's made known by the church to the principalities and powers like the principalities and powers are in awe of the fact that this mystery has now been revealed. It reminds me also uh, Mike of what was said in Colossians chapter two, verse 15, when Paul writes to the Colossians and he talks about the work of Christ, that the work of Christ despoiled or made a public spectacle of the principalities and powers. He made a, a a public demonstration of them triumphing over them in the cross. It's like the pub, the principalities and powers didn't know what hit him. Like they, they were unaware. They, they did not know what was about to happen. And when it happened, They thought they were making a public spectacle of Jesus, but actually the principalities and powers were made a public spectacle of this mystery that was hidden, these unsearchable riches. Paul said, it's now been revealed, and I am in awe of the fact that by the grace of God, I actually get to preach this. And I think he's just amazed at it.
3: Yeah, and it's not just something that we find in the New Testament, but again, we find it in the Old Testament as well. And so it's I think it's really uh, great to know what a big God we serve, and that uh, God has delegated authority to his angelic hosts as well. So I hope that answers it for you. Scott, stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, John, that's the fastest hour in radio, isn't it? (laughs) It went by quick, brother. Yeah, always a blessing to be with you. Look forward to being back with you. And again, look forward to seeing everybody at Sure Foundation, Kauai, Hawaii of on Thursday night. Copy of Six to seven. Please
2: blessings. Call Good night. 357-4226. Or write us to every man and answer. P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226